How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. We are finally on to season two of the original run of the House of Horror. And I'm going to be doing this first episode a little bit out of order because it's actually the finale of season two. But I wanted to get it out of the way right at the beginning because this is my solo show where I tell you all about my horror story. It's about how I first got into horror films and why I wanted to start the show in the first place. This episode is originally from October 30th, 2019, and it was the first solo show that I I've ever done. I wasn't incredibly thrilled with how it turned out, but it is what it is, I guess. But if you guys want to hear more solo shows from me, please let me know and also let me know how I can improve on doing them. But regardless, this episode was a ton of fun just to take a stroll down memory lane. And I think that if my timing is correct, I should have an episode of the show uploading every single week until the new season of House of Horror begins. I think that there's 10 episodes left to upload and there's 10 weeks until October. So you should have a pretty solid stream of stuff until I start coming out with the brand new episodes this October. So definitely make sure you guys are subscribed to the show so you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, please leave me a rating and review. And of course, if you guys aren't subscribed over on YouTube yet, you need to make sure that you do that because you're going to be getting a video every single day in October. Hopefully, hopefully you're getting a video every single day in October. That's the plan as of right now. We're going to see how it goes. It might be every other day or something like that, but you're still going to be getting a ton of content. But anyways, I'm going to wrap up this intro. I hope you guys enjoy the show. So here it is. Get ready for my horror story. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the House of Horror podcast. I'm not going to do a pre-recorded intro this time because our guest today needs absolutely no introduction because obviously my guest today is me. Today we're going to be talking about my personal horror story and what that is is basically I just want to get into, you know, kind of all the things that got me into horror films, why I wanted to start the House of Horror, and just things of that nature. Um, I'm going to go unscripted here. I don't really have any notes jotted down or anything. I just kind of wanted to tell my story because I've never really talked about how I got into horror films before, and I mean, I host a horror show, so I figured I may as well talk about it a little bit. Um, the main reason I decided to do this is mainly because I couldn't get another guest for the last episode of the show this week, and there's a multitude of factors for that. I mean, people scheduling just didn't work out, um, and I think I aimed a little bit too high this season because I was asking a few people that were a little out of my league. Um, I did actually get one person who was going to come onto the show, but the schedules just didn't work out, so we're we're gonna have to try and do that again next year. So yeah, I'm kind of left alone today in the House of Horror. It's a crisp autumn day at 316 Dead End Drive. And yeah, so I just wanted to try this out. We're gonna see how it goes. I've obviously never done a podcast by myself before, so this is gonna be quite an experience. But I'm gonna try it out. We're gonna see how it goes. Maybe if it goes well, I'll do some more solo shows in the future. But yeah, this is just something that I needed to do today. This episode is actually supposed to drop today, so I'm really coming down to the wire on this one. And originally, Emily was going to be on the show and interview me, but again, she's very, very busy with school, so it just didn't work out. So here I am, alone, in the House of Horror, giving you guys my personal horror story. And I guess we should just go ahead and get started from the very beginning. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I was sort of always fascinated with horror. And even before I was really into it... Um, like, I was still, like, very scared of horror, and even before I was into it, I was still kind of, like, drawn to sort of the scary aspects of things. Um, I mean, even in, like, Disney films and stuff, like Snow White, there's the creepy forest stuff, and things of that nature, you know, I wasn't really watching horror films at the time, but I always kind of liked the things that had, like, a little bit of a spooky atmosphere to them, and I think I can recall... 
the first time that I saw an actual horror film in my entire life. Um, and I guess I'll paint the picture for you guys. I think this was around, it ha- it, I mean, it had to be in the mid-90s, but I want to say, like, maybe in between 97 and 99. So I was probably in between the ages of, like, 5, 7, maybe 8 years old. I'm not really sure. The exact time frame, it might have been the year 2000. Um, but I was certainly very young. Um, and basically, what happened was, as would happen fairly often, my father would fall asleep in the chair downstairs in our living room at the time um, with the television on. And when I couldn't sleep, sometimes I would just wander downstairs and, you know, lay on the couch um, when he was in the room. He was asleep and the TV was just on, so I would just end up watching all these things that happened to be on the TV at the obscene hours of the night. Um, Normally, he'd have on stations like TV Land or maybe Nick at Night, things of that nature, where maybe I'd get, you know, some Andy Griffith, some Leave it to Beaver. Uh, I remember watching episodes of My Favorite Martian, which was a comedy uh, sitcom back then. I don't really remember too much about it, except it was like a Martian trying to blend in with society. I think, actually, uh, they remade it with Christopher Lloyd. Um, but that that's a whole other story. But yeah, so it would watch, we would watch shows like that, mostly like black and white shows. Um, sometimes Seinfeld would be on. Um, just various things that would be on 2, 3 in the morning. Um, I used to do this all the time because I had trouble sleeping as a kid. I still have trouble sleeping now. So I would just kind of wander down the house, uh, lay on the couch, and watch whatever was on TV. He usually had the remote, like, right near him, so I didn't want to wake him up and try to grab the remote or anything, so I just kind of had to watch what was on TV. I mean, I guess I could have went up and, like, changed the channels manually and stuff like that, but that would have been quite the hassle. So it was easier to just kind of lay down and watch whatever was on. I mean, I really was just trying to sleep, you know, so if I wasn't super interested on what was on the TV, that would probably be for the best. Um, But I remember one night in particular, I don't, again, I don't remember the exact year, I don't remember the exact night or anything, but I do remember the film. The film was The Mummy's Ghost. Um, This was a universal horror film. It stars Lon Chaney Jr. as The Mummy. Of course, I didn't know any of that at the time. I was just watching this movie. It must have been on, like, TNT. It might have been a Monster Vision, actually. I'm not really sure. But either way, that's what was on the television. I don't really remember when, uh, like, what part of the movie it was on. Um, I could have watched the entire thing, I'm not exactly sure, but the thing that's so, like, ingrained in my memory is, like, the last portions of the film, mainly because it traumatized me for many, many years. I was actually terrified of mummies for a very, very long time. Uh, I guess I am still a little scared of mummies. That's, like, kind of the one that really gets me. Like, I was never really scared of vampires. I was never scared of, like, the Frankenstein monster or ghosts or anything like that. I was scared of mummies, like, really, really bad when I was a kid. I mean, of course, I was scared of, like, actual ghosts, but, like, as far as, like, movies go, mummies is what really got me. Um, and yeah, like, the ending portion of this film, I, I don't know, like, I haven't really watched the film. I watched the film once since then, and that was in college, just because I, rediscovered what the movie was that I remembered the imagery so vividly from. Like, I remember the mummy is, like, in the museum, and he's just kind of going crazy. He's, like, punching stuff out. Because I I learned this later on when I learned what the plot of the movie was, and I wasn't just a little kid terrified of what I was seeing. But I guess he's trying to find his mummy princess, and she, like, disappears. She, like, turns to dust, like, right in front of him, um, which we don't actually see in the film. But he starts going nuts, and he starts beating up the the priest that he's with. All of this I remember from when I was a kid. So he's, like, beating up the priest, and then he goes and finds the mummy princess, like, her reincarnation, basically. 
So what he does is, and this is the part that terrified me the absolute most, and I still had these images, like, burned into my retinas for many, many years after the fact. He finds the reincarnation of the mummy princess, and spoiler alert for, like, a almost 100-year-old movie, I guess. But he finds her, and he's sort of, like, carrying her through the forest. Uh, sort of like, I, it's not a fireman's carry. Basically, he's carrying her, like, you bring your bride in through the house. Like, on the first day, you're kind of, like, carrying her like that. And he's carrying her through the forest, and she is rapidly aging. She She was, like, in her 20s. And she's rapidly aging, she's turning into an old woman, and she eventually turns into, like, this hideous, grotesque corpse. I mean, grotesque for the time, and I mean, I was a little kid. So the mummy's carrying around this corpse, basically, and he goes into the water, and the mummy and this dead corpse just go under the water, and it's so burned into my brain, um, you can just see her face slowly getting submerged in the water. I even remember the music that was going on at the time, and this did not help me sleep at all. This actually kept me up the entire night. I don't think I slept all that night long. I never really told anyone this story or that happened. I don't even think my parents really know about this. Um, so yeah, I watched that. I don't. I do not remember what was on TV after that. I might have. I might have even turned the TV off or went back upstairs at that point because I don't remember anything else other than just being terrified for the rest of the night. Um, so that was kind of my first taste of an actual horror film and my first taste of the Universal Monsters, which obviously now I'm really into. And that movie, it isn't the best, uh, The Mummy's Ghost. It's probably, it's one of the best out of the Mummy sequels, but it's not one of the, like, upper echelon of the universal horror films, you know, it's no Dracula, it's no Wolfman, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, anything of that nature, um, but that was my first experience watching a horror film, and it was quite life-changing, I was terrified of mummies for the longest time after that, I even remember, um, back in elementary school, we had a singer-songwriter come to the school, and he, like, wrote a song with, um, every grade, and every song for every grade had, like, a different theme to it, and I remember the sixth grader's song was about, like, going into this mummy tomb and, like, stealing jewels and stuff, and I remember I was terrified of their song, actually. It was just a song. I don't know why I was scared of it, but they kind of had, like, creepy laughter going on in the background, so it was kind of a creepy song. Um, but yeah, so I was scared of mummies. Of course, it didn't help when the episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog came out with King Ramsey, um, and he's... Just the animation style on him is really creepy. He's like a CG animated flat figure with normal background. And that episode, I think everyone pretty much agrees that that episode of Kurtz the Cowardly Dog is one of, if not the greatest and scariest episodes of the entire series. So yeah, that was just very terrifying. Um, another memory I have of a kid, I was probably a little bit older at this point, um, it had to be after 1999, because that's when this movie came out, but I remember my mom was actually watching The Sixth Sense, and I don't know if it was on TV, or if I don't know if she, like, rented it and didn't really know it was a horror film or what, but either way, she was, like, watching it in the house with us, and another thing that was, like, burned into my brain for many, many years is, like, the shot of the lady with, like, the bloody veins on her arms and stuff, she, like, turns around, 
and the shot of like someone like throwing up. I remember just like you're in like this dark like little tent or something and like the camera like pans over and you just see someone like vomiting on camera and it was just like I don't know that was something else that was like really scary to me. Um, I didn't rewatch that one again until college either. Um, so yeah, like both of these movies really left a big impact on me when I was at a very, very young age. Um, as you guys saw in my horror react video, um, I was scared of a lot of things that were like really irrational at the time. Um, like I was scared of like little short films they'd show on Nickelodeon. Um, one thing that was not in the video that I was absolutely terrified was Zorro. I was really scared of Zorro when I was a kid, even though it's not a horror film at all. I mean, it's just Zorro. I mean... He's wearing a mask, but I guess I was, like, really, really scared of it. And I remember that I would be at my grandmother's house because she used to have, like, a Zorro trailer on an old VHS tape that I used to watch all the time. And whenever that Zorro part would come on, I would go and, like, hide behind the couch. And I think we had another tape, actually, where it was, like, a sing-along tape and it had a song from Zorro in it. We used to watch, like, all kinds of, like, sing-along tapes with, like, the Muppets and Disney and stuff. Um, but there was one that had, like, a Zorro song, and again, I would go and, like, hide behind the couch until all the Zorro stuff was over. Just for some reason, I was really, really scared of Zorro. I can't explain it. Um, again, he's not a horror villain or anything. I think it was just, like, the black mask, and he's riding around on this horse. I don't know. I just thought it was, like, really creepy. Maybe I thought it was, like, the Headless Horseman or something. I I'm not really too sure about that. Um, but yeah, that was another thing that was really, really terrifying to me. It sort of shaped my childhood. I was scared of Zorro. Um, besides that, I wasn't really pursuing horror films at the time to watch. Again, I was a little kid. Um, but I was sort of drawn to it, as I mentioned, like with Disney movies, whenever it had a scary moment of a scary moment of a movie or something, that's really what I was always drawn to. And I would always make, you know, little horror films at the time as well. Um, but before we get to that, I was just reminded that I did have like a Halloween party in second grade. So I was sort of into like the spooky stuff, but I was always too scared to dress as something spooky. Um, I would always dress up like as a video game character, like Mario or something. Um, a couple years I went as like a painter and like a bodybuilder, just like stuff like that. I would never go as like a monster because I didn't want to be scared of myself. I don't, I don't really know what my reasoning was behind it, but I remember I always, my mom would come up to me and be like, oh, what do you want to be for Halloween this year? And I would always say, I don't know, just nothing scary. <laughs> like, I used to always say that. So I, I know I went as, like, a clown one year, um, just, like, various different things, even though I guess clowns can be perceived as scary. But I would just always go as things that the other kids weren't. Like, we'd have people in scream masks and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean... For Halloween growing up, maybe, like, a good video for me to do at some point, maybe if I bring the House of Horror back next year, we'll do a, rea do a reaction to all of my old Halloween costumes, because I kind of don't really remember everything that I was, um, but I remember I was never anything... I remember one year I was an M&M. Uh, <laughs> that was an interesting costume, and my brother was another M&M, too. So me, me and my brother used to do matching costumes uh, pretty frequently. Like, when I was Mario, he was Luigi, and I think I was Mario twice, but that year he was Link. Um, so it was still, like, matching and stuff like that. Um, and my brother actually was a big part of me getting into horror films, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, as I was saying, I always used to make horror-themed videos. Um, as you guys have seen, I did Monster Troopers 2, 
which was a horror film. I mean, it was basically a giant monster movie. Um, I was inspired by stuff like Ultraman and like Power Rangers and stuff at the time when there was like giant monsters walking around. I wasn't really into Godzilla at the time. I wasn't really aware of what Godzilla was. Um, maybe I saw trailers for Godzilla or something, and that was like a subtle influence on it. Um, Shrek was Shrek was also an influence on Monster Troopers too. Um, like with the the brontosaurus or whatever when he kind of like turns his head backwards that's a shot straight out of shrek <laughs> that we did i um, mean obviously in the outtakes we're doing the outtakes from the shrek dvd um but that's a whole different story but yeah we would make horror films all the time probably my favorite one that we ever made and i'm super mad at myself and my parents and everyone because i guess we didn't think about it at the time but at that at this point that i made this film I had switched to a digital camera. I wasn't shooting on VHS at the time. It was just like a little picture camera that you would hook up to the computer and edit on the computer. So it really was my first experience like editing and stuff. But the problem is, is that computer completely crashed at some point. I think when I was in high school or maybe early college. And I lost so many movies that I worked on when I was a kid. Um, and the one that was my favorite one that I still beat myself up over that I don't have a copy of it somewhere is this movie about a troll that we made. And the way I made these movies is like you kind of just kind of rounded up everyone that you had access to at the time. Like I would have my neighbor kids that were grew up in the neighborhood with me act in the videos. I'd have my cousins. Uh, occasionally, I think my mom may have acted in a few things here and there. I'm not really exactly too sure about it. But this troll movie was the first one where I really knew what I was doing from, like, a directing standpoint. Like, the shots in it, like, I had, like, different good shots in it that had a reason and a purpose. And we didn't have a script or anything, but this is, like, the most coherent story out of all the ones that we made. It was basically, I mean, it was, like, a cliched story. It was just, like, a town, and someone gets attacked by the troll... And so they have a town meeting, and I played the mayor of the town, and I also played the troll in some of the scenes that I wasn't in. Everyone, well, like, two or three of us played the troll for, like, different shots and stuff, um, but everyone else was also a townsperson. And basically, the entire movie, people don't believe that there's a troll in the town, um, people want to fight the troll, you know, it's like typical, like back and forth, like people aren't believing each other. And then you have the people that swear that it's real. And just one by one, the people in the town are getting kind of picked off. Um, I think I was the second one to die mainly because I had to play the troll for the majority of the rest of it. Um, but the first casualty was actually Ryan Cook, who I was in the band, the heel with, and he was one of my very, very good friends growing up. Um, and we had to kill him off first because he was actually my cameraman for the majority of this. So we got his scene out of the way so he could do camera for the rest of it. And, and he kind of wanted to be like taken under my wing a little bit because like I said, like I was a few years older than him and we were always very close. So like I was kind of like teaching him how to do camera stuff at the time. I mean, I didn't really know anything either, but I was just kind of telling him what I wanted. It was like a director cinematographer sort of relationship we had for this one film that we did. I don't know. He was just really interested in the camera stuff. So that's why he did that. But this film was like really fun. I remember my brother played a woman, which he usually did in a lot of the shorts that we did. And he gets killed by it. Um, basically everyone 
in the town gets killed by this troll. Um, my sister's scene is one of my favorites. Um, and again, I wish I still had it so I could watch it back. But it was kind of like a jump scare moment where she's in the barn, like doing work and stuff. She was like a farmer. And the troll like pops up in the window and she like screams. So it was one of like the first jump scares that I ever did. So yeah, my sister ends up getting killed by the troll. Um, two of my cousins were in it as well. They both get killed off. Everyone gets killed off, basically. And then the last survivor is Ezra Cook, the youngest of the Cook children. Um, <laughs> remember, he's just doing, like, garden work in the pitch black, because we were shooting this all day. So by the time we got to his scene, it was, like, very dark outside. And I remember he just has, like, a scythe or a, a sickle, whatever you call it. And he's just, like, hitting a tree with it. And the troll just kind of, like, hops in. And he's like, I killed your friends. Now I'm going to kill you. And then they have sort of, I don't want to say, like, a scuffle. I think the troll, like, charges at him a little bit. And then just with, like, one swipe of the sickle, the head comes off. And then just, like, the final shot of the movie is Ezra Cook, or Miles, as we called him back then, Fester. We called him Fester, too, um, after Uncle Fester. And he's just, like, holding this mask. And he's like, it's over. It's finally over. So, yeah, that was, like, a really fun film to do. Um, I, I so wish that I had a copy of it somewhere. Maybe one day it'll turn up on, like, a flash drive or something that I have. I think I ha put it on a flash drive, like, I want to say maybe, like, senior year of high school, maybe. So I might have a copy of it somewhere. If I ever find it, that is 100% going on YouTube. No announcement, no nothing. I'm just uploading it. Um, so I really hope that I do come across it again someday somehow. Um, but... More or less, I think it's lost forever, which is really a shame. That and a few other films that I made on the computer. Um, again, it was just like a point-and-shoot like digital camera that you would normally use to take pictures, but I took videos on it. Um, I also had like a digital blue camera before that. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers Digital Blue, but it was like a little camera and it came with like an editing software and stuff. And I just used to make videos of my cats with it at the time. Rest in peace to the two legends, Magic and Sunshine. Um, they were very good actors, I must say. Very, very good actors. Um, but yeah, in, in school and stuff, um, again, I mentioned the Halloween party that I had in second grade at my house, which my parents really went above and beyond for that party. Um, my dad was the principal of the school at the time, so he actually brought home one of those big parachutes that you'd play in in gym class, so all the kids could play with that at the Halloween party. Um, of course, we had, like, bobbing for apples. We had, like, uh, a game with, like, a donut where you hang it from a string and you can't use your hands. Um, we did another one where, like, you kind of all get in a line and you're passing an apple. Like, you have a an apple stuck in between your head and your shoulder. So it's, like, kind of, like, balanced on your neck. And you have to pass it to the person next to you doing the same thing. So it basically, like, looks like you're making out <laughs> with the person next to you. Um, yeah, so, th I mean, that Halloween party was really fun. Um, I went to a few other Halloween parties in elementary school. My friend Julius always had Halloween parties at his house, kind of more like on the spooky vibe. Like the one Halloween party I had was very family friendly, but his were like scary. Like we'd go outside in the middle of the night and we'd play like tag and like ghost in the graveyard and stuff. So his had much more like a spooky vibe. Um, I even think I remember we would wander around to, like, other houses in the neighborhood and, like, try to scare his neighbors and stuff. I mean, this is, like, in the 90s. I mean, we just kind of did whatever. We were little kids. Um, but I went in, I went to a Halloween party 
Um, I think it was like fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth grade, maybe. Um, I went with my friend Zach, who I also did a lot of the films with, and he's actually a filmmaker now as well. I haven't really been in touch with him in a few years, but he'd be a good guy to get in touch to. Uh, maybe I'm gonna have to find a way to reach out to him somehow. Um, so we can collaborate on something because he was sort of like my partner in crime in elementary school. We used to always make our films together and stuff. Um, but nevertheless, the two of us went to a Halloween party. I want to say this was like fourth or fifth grade. And I, re I remember driving because this is this night's very like vivid to me. I, I even remember driving there and his uh, mom and his stepdad in the car had like Thriller on the radio and stuff like they had like a Halloween mix. And they were at the Halloween party as well. It was like a family kind of thing like parents were there it was like a multi i don't want to say a family party i want to say like a multi-generational party where there were a bunch of people there of different ages like people's parents grandparents were there and it was basically like in the middle of the woods at like this big barn and there was a haunted house in there which i was too scared to go in so i really don't know what was in the haunted house um brandon cato was the one that had this party um i haven't really talked to him in a few years i am friend well emily's friends with um his little sister, Alexis. I, I don't want to... That came off bad that I was saying that she's not my friend. She is, but she's, like, more friends with Emily, um, which is sort of how I know her. But, yeah, her older brother was in my grade. So I used to go to all of his parties and stuff, and he had a Halloween party one year, and that's the party that I'm speaking about. So the only thing that really stands out about this party, there were a lot of people there from various different walks of life. There was a lot of food there. But the part that terrified me and I was not expecting, they kind of got everyone good where it was like towards the end of the night, like people were about to start to leave and things like that. And they had someone come in with a chainsaw and like start running around like Leatherface and starts like going up to people and like cutting them with this chainsaw. I mean, there was no blade on it. Like it was all staged and like fake and everything, but it was very, very scary at the time and of course like he takes the mask off and it's like someone's dad or uncle or something and it was just like all like a huge laugh but it was so scary at the time and like even after he took the mask off and we realized no one was obviously in any danger there was obviously no danger involved at all um it was just kind of like one of those moments where it kind of like makes your heart stop and for me it was very very vivid in my memory and I remember driving home from that party we had to drop zach off at his dad's house so it was just me his stepmom and his stepdad and they were like driving me home so i was like in the back seat by myself and i mean they were having like conversations like amongst themselves and i was just back there alone and i just remember just sort of recollecting on that moment and it was just kind of like a scary thing uh for me at the time so yeah, it was just it's just another moment that sort of defined the horror aspects of my life. Um, yeah, so I started making movies from there, and I kind of got out of the horror movie thing. My parents kind of made me because I was kind of a dick to all the kids on my block and my brother and sister and stuff. So they kind of told me I wasn't allowed to make movies anymore, but we all know how that worked out <laughs> eventually. But yeah, so I stopped making films at the time, started doing other things. In my life at this point, I was getting into junior high, um, and I remember like going to the junior high dances and stuff. And after the dances, all the time, there'd always be a couple kids, mainly Alex Del Pryor actually, who was on a few of these shows with me. 
Um, I remember he would always go see like the Saw movie that would come out that year after the dance. And I don't know, like I was never really allowed to go because <laughs> all these were like rated R movies and stuff. But I remember people would make plans to see these movies and A, I was probably too scared to go see them anyway. But I remember that was kind of going on at the time. Um, and then in high school, um, I really wasn't that much into horror. I mean, I was like, I'd see horror movies every now and then, but junior high, basically like what, what I'm trying to say is I wasn't into the horror movies that everyone was watching on TV, but during junior high, not TV in the movie theater, I'm completely insane and losing my mind. As you can tell, I'm not very good at doing a podcast by myself, but we're going to power through. So in junior high was when I really got into the horror movies that are classics, basically. Um, and as I mentioned, my brother was a big part of that. Um, so we weren't really watching the horror movies that were in theaters. We were watching everything that we could get on VHS and on DVD at the time. Um, I remember, I don't know how he started, because he was scared of stuff too. Because I remember when he was real young, maybe kindergarten or like first grade, he went to a sleepover at someone's house and they watched the It movie with Tim Curry. So I remember he was like really scared of stuff for a while um, during elementary school. I remember he had to like sleep in my bed with me for a while. Um, just like stuff like that. It was just like very bad. Like that's not a good movie to watch when you're a real, real little kid. So he was really scared of stuff too. But then in junior high, like I don't really know how he got interested in it. And I think if I was in junior high, he had to be in like fifth, sixth grade at this point. And he started getting interested in the Halloween films somehow. I don't. I really don't know how he discovered them. So he started getting the Halloween films like off of eBay and stuff. Like he'd have my mom buy them for him. And we started watching all these old horror movies, like the Halloween franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, some of the Stephen King stuff like Salem's Lot, Carrie. Um, we watched Friday the 13th stuff a little bit here and there. So we really got a good basis of a lot of these horror movies at a young age. And I don't know, I didn't really bring them up at school or anything because, I mean, no one was really watching these movies at the time. I mean, people, again, they were watching the new Saw movies and just whatever movies were coming out in the theater at the time, and no one really wanted to talk about Halloween and stuff like that uh, when you're, like, 13, 14 years old. Um, everyone was looking at the new hot thing and not really looking at the films in the past. That's not the case nowadays. I mean, everyone sort of learned their lesson, and they know what they're talking about now. But back then, it was kind of weird to, like, watch these movies. Just like right now, it's kind of weird when I tell people I like the Universal Monster movies from, like, the 40s and stuff. It's kind of, like, weird, you know? But we started watching all those films. Um, Halloween was something that me and my family really bonded over. I, I guess I shouldn't say family. My parents were never involved in this. But me and my brother and my sister, we really bonded over the Halloween franchise. We'd watch them all the time. Like, every day we would just watch another one. Um, my sister still watches them all the time. I don't really know if my brother watches them too much anymore. But I know me and my sister are still really into the Halloween franchise. I know my brother was for a while, and he actually saw the Halloween remake in theaters when he was in high school. I didn't end up seeing it in theaters because I was like, I don't know. I don't really know if I want to watch a remake of it or anything. But, yeah, we watched all kinds of horror movies back then. Um, we watched them all night long. And my sister tells this story the best because she had, a, like, a separate bedroom for us. 
like she had a separate bedroom from us. She was like down the hall and like my mom would come in and we always said we wanted the TV on so we could have like the light in the room. And she was like, okay, well you can have the TV on, but you have have on the weather channel and the volume has to be down. So we would do that for like a half hour until like my mom stopped really paying attention to us and like thought we were asleep and we would start watching the Halloween movies or something in the middle of the night. Um, beside, I mean, we'd watch Nick at Night, like Three's Company and the Cosby Show at the time. Not as controversial back then as it is now. But um, we would watch stuff like that. And my sister would always get so mad at us because I don't even think she had a TV in her room. And we would watch this kind of stuff. And she never told on us. So props to my sister for never telling on us at the time. Oh, another thing that I remember from my childhood that I was, like, really scared of was we had, like, these curtains in my house, in my bedroom, and our bedroom window was kind of, like, facing a street. So, like, whenever a car would, like, run down the street in the middle of the night, you'd see the lights come through the window, and it would make, like, a jack-o'-lantern face on the wall, basically, because the curtain had, like, two sides, and then there was a straight line from, like, where the windows separated, because, like, it was a push-up window. Uh, Ooh, excuse me, I burped. Excuse me. I burped, I'm sorry, I've gotten a comment in the past to not burp on the podcast, but you know what? I'm not going to find that and edit it out, so you know what? You're kind of stuck with the burp, so I'm sorry. So yeah, basically it was a push-up window like you would see, so the... I'm explaining it, like, really well, but basically there'd be a jack-o'-lantern face on the wall, and when the car would move, the face would, like, go across the the wall in my bedroom, and that, that was, like, really scary. I didn't really realize what it was until I, like, got a little bit older, but, like, when I was a real little kid, that was, like, really scary. I just, I, I was just reminded of that. Um, I don't know why that just reminded me of that. But, yeah, so, like, we would watch all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe someday I'll have my brother and my sister on a podcast, and we'll talk about some of the stuff we watched as a child, some of the films we made as a child, and, yeah, it was... Just a really good time, like in in high school and stuff. Again, I was into these movies like on the side, but I had other high school stuff going on at the time. Like I was in band and things of that nature. So horror wasn't a huge aspect of my life, but it was just always what we were watching when we came home for whatever reason. But it's not like now where horror is like all I talk about <laughs> and stuff. Um, yeah, like in high school, early college... I remember seeing, like, films like Paranormal Activity and Insidious. I thought those were really good. I really liked Paranormal Activity at the time um, because basically it was, like, a unique thing that I had never really seen at the time. I hadn't seen too many found footage films at that point. I hadn't seen Blair Witch Project, although I was, I was aware of it. That came out when I was maybe in, like, second grade or something. And I remember a few kids talking that they had seen it in second grade, which is really crazy. But, yeah, like, I remember... And Paranormal Activity was unique because you had to demand that your theater gets it. It wasn't a movie that was, like, wide release, so, like, the marketing was you had to, like, call your theater and, like, tell them you want to see Paranormal Activity so they'll eventually get it. And eventually our theater did get it. So we ended up going to see it, and I remember it was a very, very good time, very unique. And, yeah, I saw, like, Insidious movies like, I don't know, I think movies like The Unborn and The Uninvited, stuff like that came out around this time too that they weren't very good um i think the uninvited was good actually i'm gonna have to rewatch that one um but i that i I learned recently actually that that is a remake of a japanese film so i'm gonna have to watch the japanese version as well so yeah i mean horror has just always sort of been a part of my life um in college is where i really really went 
full force with the horror thing. And a lot of that had to do with discovering Cinemassacre.com. Obviously, I did the top 10 Cinemassacre Monster Madness video where I broke down every season of Cinemassacre Monster Madness. And fun fact, I did not realize that he was going to do a season this year. So obviously that season is not included in the video because those videos actually dropped on the same exact day. Like, I posted the top 10 Cinemassacre Monster Madness seasons because I thought the series was over. And then later that day, I see that they brought it back. So (laughs) I, I guess it was just irony. I don't know. It was really crazy that that happened at the same day. I'm happy Monster Madness is back, though. It's been a good time to watch the episodes that he's put out this year. But yeah, Cinemassacre was a big aspect of me getting back into horror films. Um, As I talked about in that video, Camp Cult was the first year that it was going on where I watched it. And so I would watch Camp Cult, and then I would binge watch all the rest of the seasons of Monster Madness. And then in my spare time, I would be watching the films that he was talking about that I hadn't seen yet. I mean, I had seen Exorcist, I'd seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'd seen all the big ones with my brother and my sister back in high school and stuff like that. But a lot of, like, the obscure ones I hadn't seen. Um, Rick the Dick, Rick Too Good Pizer. Um, I watched a lot of films with him around this time. Um, We watched Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Um, We watched Basket Case 1 and 2. Um, we watched this really crappy movie called Zombie Doom, like this exploitation, like found footage movie that was like shot for the price of a used microwave, like $88 budget there. Um, it was really, really bad and kind of disturbing, actually. But yeah, so I got into a lot of films like hardcore then. And that's also when I was getting back into filmmaking as well. Again, largely part due to Cinemassacre. Um, So if it wasn't for Cinemassacre's Monster Madness, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, having a YouTube channel, anything like that. So I really owe a lot to what Cinemassacre inspired in me. Um, Yeah, so I really just got into horror films a lot during this time, and I started doing my own Monster Madness at this time. Not making videos, but it's where I would watch a horror movie every single day in October, Um, and I did it by myself for the first year, and occasionally I'd have a friend watch with me here and there, but for the first year it was like largely by myself, where I would watch a new horror movie every day, and then, like, the following two years, because I did this for most, my entire undergrad, basically, except for the first year, because the first year was when I first discovered what Monster Madness was, I would watch a new horror film every single day. And I actually have the lists somewhere on my Google Drive. I might actually have to find those lists here in a second um, and sort of look at some of the films that I watched during these three years that I did it during my undergrad. I did it during grad school too, but those are easy to to remember. I mean, I just did the Universal Monsters one year, and then the second year was just kind of like random stuff. But those first three years is like very good times that I remember, a very fun times that I look back on with nostalgia. That first year when I was by myself, I would still watch a few films with Ricky here and there. I'd watch some with my roommate. We'd go to the theater, stuff like that. But it was mainly by myself in my dorm watching all these scary movies and stuff. But the second and third year that I did it was when I lived in essentially a frat house without the frat guys. It was just me and like five of my friends that lived in this house. At one point, there were like seven or eight of us that lived there because people just sort of like crashed there for months and months. 
but we would watch horror films every single day in October as well during this time. And we actually went a little too hardcore. Sometimes we watch two or three films a day. And luckily I do have lists that we wrote down everything that we were going to watch. So I'm actually going to pull up those lists right now. So I'm going to take a little pause for the cause here to showcase the fine sponsor that makes this podcast free for you every week in October. So I'm going to find that list and we're going to take a quick break. Are you tired of plain old breakfast? Sure is not sugary enough? Are you tired of burnt pancakes and waffles? Then you need Slapjacks! The Slapjack gets your face and it causes a chemical reaction to heat up! No cooking required, just slap and eat! Don't believe us? Here's a satisfied customer! Slapjacks are the best breakfast food ever made! Slapjacks, slap those smiles back! <laughs> You heard it here, kids. Slapjack saves lives. Order at www.slapjacks.com. You know those Slapjacks are pretty good if you haven't tried them yet. <laughs> I highly suggest that you give them a try. Anyway, we are back with the show. I have the lists here of the films that I watched during these Monster Madness seasons. It looks like I left out a couple. <laughs> As I look at this one actually ends off at 29. But basically, at the top of this... It was a Facebook post that I made where basically I was asking for recommendations and stuff. Um, but as far as I scroll down here a little bit, as far as the films that I watched, um, I watched a, a couple good ones this year. Um, I started off with Intruder. I watched White Zombie with Bella Lugosi, Maniac, um, Spooks Run Wild, which was also with Bella Lugosi. That one's a comedy. Um, basically, this year I was just kind of trying to watch a bunch of random stuff, stuff that I hadn't seen before, um, and stuff that was easily available. A lot of these movies were like public domain on YouTube or like stuff I could find for free online at various places, and a couple of them were ones that I had but hadn't watched yet. And as you'll see, one of them was in theaters, or maybe a couple of them were in theaters, and there's a big plane passing by right now. I don't know if you can hear the plane. Uh, hopefully it doesn't crash into the House of Horror here. Um, the House of Horror is a pretty big and obtrusive place on this relatively normal street, so I hope it doesn't crash into me. Okay, it looks like it's gone now. So yeah, I watched like American Werewolf in London, Waxwork, which is a really fun movie. I watched that one with Ricky. Uh, Blood Hook was another one I watched with Ricky. That one was an absolutely ridiculous movie. Um, I watched the movie Black Sabbath the uh, anthology film for the first time. That was a good one. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one here, just sort of mention a couple that are worthy of mentioning. We did a thingathon this year because this was the year, the year the remake of The Thing came out, the remake of the remake of The Thing, basically. So we watched the original Thing from 1951, the 1982 John Carpenter version, and then the 2011 remake, sequel, whatever you want to call it prequel actually it was a prequel to the john carpenter one so me and ricky watched all three of those um i watched a movie called a bucket of blood from the 50s and i remember posting about it on facebook that i watched it and ricky said that he saw that movie before and it was terrible but i actually thought it was kind of fun um i watched peeping tom another film that i hadn't seen from back in the day um i watched the mask of the red death um, from the 60s, I watched Basket Case 2 that year for the first time, apparently. Um, just all kinds of good stuff that I watched that year. 
Um, so yeah, that was the first year that I did Monster Madness, largely by myself. Again, Ricky was with me a few days, a couple days, I'd have another friend, but for the, for the most part, it was me laying in my bed with the computer pressed up against my face, because that's how I, my, my wife always yells at me the way I lay on my computer in bed, I'm like laying like almost completely flat, except for like my head is like perched up on two pillows and my computer is like right at my throat, so like the screen is like as close to my face as possible. Um, so this next year, this was in 2012, and apparently we stopped numbering them after 24, but I remember this year we had a lot of, like, double features and stuff, so we watched well more than 31. I think we maybe watched closer to 40, um, films this year, because on the weekends we didn't really have anything going on, so we'd watch, like, two or three films a day. Um, but as far as the ones we wrote down, I watched films this year like Dead Alive, Abe Lincoln vs. Zombies, The Ring, Creep Show, uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, The Blair Witch Project, was the, which was the first time I had watched The Blair Witch Project was this time. And at the time, I was, like, really let down by it because, you know, I had had it hyped up for, like, so many years. And I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, now I can appreciate it looking back at it. But at the time, I was like, I don't really see what the big deal is with this. Um, we watched Blair Witch 2, The Book of Shadows, like, immediately following it, so that must have been one of the days that was a double feature. Um, Moby Dick 2010 was a film that we watched this year. Um, just a bunch of other random stuff. We watched Red Dragon and Manhunter. Oh, we watched all the, the Silence of the Lands films that were out. Uh, Hannibal, Red Dragon, Manhunter, which was the original version of Red Dragon back in the day. We watched I Spit on Your Grave, Leprechaun in the Hood, uh, Birdemic was the first year. I think that was the year Birdemic came out, maybe. We watched Birdemic, uh, just like random stuff. Scream 2 we watched that year for some reason. And 2013 was like a year when we did like a billion movies, like Every day was a double feature, basically, so I'm not going to really go through every single one that we watched, because um, we'd be here way too long, but some of the highlights, I guess, we watched, like, The Lost Boys, Trick or Treat, uh, Dead and Breakfast was a good one, that's like a musical horror comedy, that one was ridiculous, um, we watched the Amityville Horror remake and the original, like, that was a double feature one day to do that. Um, Candyman, we watched Red State, uh, The Omen, a couple Omen films actually, we did Hellraiser 1 and 2, Alien vs. Predator 1 and 2, those were a double feature, we did a re uh, double feature of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we watched Leprechaun Back to the Hood, because we watched Leprechaun in the Hood the first year, um, we watched a movie called The Gay Bread and Breakfast of Terror, I don't remember that one at all, we watched Hobo with a Shotgun, um, we watched all the Evil Dead films. We watched the Langoliers, apparently. I don't remember watching that. Um, Sleepaway Camp, Ginger Snaps, Interview with a Van the Vampire, um, Dust Till Dawn. And I remember we started watching Monster Brawl, which they actually did on Cinemassacre's Monster Madness this year. They talked about Monster Brawl. I had seen it in the past because me, Jared, and Midnight Miles had watched it randomly one night. Because um, I remember we were over there trying to find something to do, and we were, like, scrolling through Netflix or whatever, and Monster Brawl was on there, 
which if you haven't heard of it, it's basically like a wrestling pay-per-view, but it's a horror movie. It's like just basically monsters fighting. And I remember Jared was like sitting there and he kind of like looked at me and Miles and he was like, well, if I'm not going to watch this with the two of you, I'm not going to watch it with anyone. So we watched the monster brawl. And I remember I thought it was pretty fun because, I mean, it was basically like a wrestling pay-per-view um, with monsters. I mean, it was just really funny and ridiculous. And I remember I had put it on the schedule to watch in Monster Madness 2013 with my roommates. I must have see- saw it over the summer or something. Um, it came out around that time, so I saw it like either that year or the previous year. And I thought, oh, my roommates are going to love this. Because like, we'd watched Evil Dead 2 and stuff like that, and like they kind of knew horror comedies and stuff, but we put on Monster Brawl, and they they couldn't do it. Um, like, one by one, they would dwindle off. Like, they'd leave the room or, like, go up upstairs or, like, start doing other things. So eventually, we just kind of shut it off after about, like, 20 minutes, maybe. If that, like, they just, they did not like Monster Brawl at all. Um, so I guess I was, I was in the minority. Like, have you ever been in that situation where, like, you want to watch a movie or something and, like, you put it on and everyone hates it? It's just, like, a super awkward feeling. Or, like, you're watching YouTube videos and, like, you put something on, it just kind of, like, kills the vibe. I don't know. It was definitely one of those moments. And I have no regrets. I mean, I haven't watched that movie again since then, but that movie is probably great. Uh, It's probably a lot of fun. Um... But yeah, uh, that, those were the years I did Monster Madness. Again, I did one of the Universal Monsters. I wa- I had like a DVD box set with all the major titles in the series, um, which if you guys have seen like my DVD collection video before, you've seen it in there. Um, and then the other year, like the last year I did it by myself, um, again, and basically I just watched just random stuff here and there. I don't think I did a full 31 because at that time I was still working on finishing up on Lucky, I believe. So I didn't really have that much time to watch stuff. And I don't know. So that year, I don't know. I don't really remember too much from that year. A lot of it must, must have been in theaters as well. I think that was the year that like Tusk came out maybe. Um, some other stuff. So that was an interesting year. That was the last year I did Monster Madness watching 31 movies. As I've gotten older you kind of lose a lot of your free time and it's hard to watch a movie every single day. And just like this month, it's been hard to make a video and have a video come up every single day. It's been quite the struggle. So I don't know if you like people think that like YouTubers don't really work (laughs) and like, that's like the hardest. I don't know. That's not, that's a very cold take. That is very, I, I guess that's a hot take. I don't, I don't really know. Like what I'm trying to say is basically that like, YouTubers work their ass off, and, like, I can only imagine people like, I don't know, like, Shane Dawson and, like, Rhett and Link and stuff like that, like, some of, like, the huge, like, big YouTubers, like, the amount of hours that they really have to pour into what they do. I mean, I guess, like, maybe with Rhett and Link, not so much, because they're not doing their own editing, I'd imagine, but, like, YouTubers that, like, where it's kind of like a one-man operation, I can see it being rather difficult. Um, Like, Cinemasker is, like, a big example like that. I mean, now he has... A team with him, but for a while he was like shooting the angry video game nerd, angry video game nerd episodes by himself and stuff. So like it's quite the challenge to do this whole YouTube thing. And even like my friends on YouTube, I mean, I know that like they put a lot of hours into what they do. Um, no star reviews if you're out there. Um, he puts his body 
through some of the worst food you'll ever see in your life his dollar tree uh taste tests and stuff so that dude's a champion uh shout out to my boy shad um so yeah i mean anyway i i just went off on a huge tangent we're talking about horror films and my horror story um i guess the only thing left to really talk about is hell at heathridge and Hell at Heathridge was a horror film that I worked on in college. It was my, basically, introduction to professional films. This was when I, again, had gotten into Cinemasker. I'd gotten back into filmmaking. I decided that that was what I wanted to do with my life for some reason. Um, that's something, I always knew I wanted to make films even when I was a little kid. I mean, obviously, that's what I was doing, making videos. But I didn't really see it as a career back then. I mean, I still don't see it as a career now. But that's what I decided I wanted to do with my life. Changed my major. Luckily, my school had a film program. And what made me change my major the time that I did was that I heard about this film that they were making and it was going to be a horror film. And I was like, I need to get on that. So I changed my major, do everything, because I was like a biology major at the time, surprisingly enough. Took a lot of chemistry courses, very high up stuff. So people think I'm like stupid, but I took very, very difficult science classes for a few years in college. I don't remember anything, but my brain has completely deteriorated since then. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But so they started advertising that they were going to be making this movie. And so I like tracked down the professors. I'm like calling them on the phone, emailing them like I need to get involved, like what what can I do? So like the next semester was when they were starting it. So thankfully I had a lot of time to like get into what I was trying to do and get into the classes that I needed. I had to like beg the teacher to let me into the pre-production class, Tracy Williams. I didn't know her at the time. I mean, obviously now we're very close. Um, I haven't seen her in a few years, but she was a very, very positive mentor in my life. And I don't think I would be the person that I am today if it wasn't for her guidance. So I'm very, very thankful for her. Um, but yeah, I didn't know her at the time. I'm like blindly calling her. I like got her number from like the school's website, like begging her to let me into this class. And she let me into the class. So I was obviously the new kid. And I everyone there was like experienced with cameras, directing, stuff like that. I knew nothing. Like I just knew from what I knew when I was a kid. And that was shooting on VHS and stuff. So they brought me in. You had to like interview for a position on the film, on what you were going to do on the film. And I'm not going to go too in-depth here. I would really love to have someone who worked on Heatheridge come on the show at some point, and we'll just talk about our memories making that film. But basically, I started as a casting assistant, and I was like so into it. Like I was obsessed with working on this movie, and I kind of like rose through the ranks, basically, because people saw what a hard worker I was. So eventually I got promoted to casting director. I took the casting director's spot. And then, like, through the course of the film, I did various other roles. Like, the location manager dropped out, so I had to do that. Um, I was the special effects supervisor, so I got to make all the different types of blood. Um, because you needed different kinds of blood for the different blood that was, like, in the scenes. Like, I had blood light, which was, like, a very, like, thin blood. I had, like, a thicker one, one that was, like, super red. And I had to learn how to make all the blood. I didn't really know how to do it. Again, that was just another role I was thrown into. Like, they didn't have a special effects guy assigned to the project. So, basically, like, oh, we probably need someone to do special effects. And they kind of just assigned me to do it as if I didn't have 
enough on my plate, but you know, I'm a workaholic. So I just was like, yeah, I'll do the blood, whatever. And it was really fun. And that's also how I got really good friends with Keegan. Cause he was the visual effects supervisor. So I was special effects. He was visual effects. We started like working together on getting some of the shots that we needed for this movie and working together. So that's really how I became good friends with him. And we obviously directed unlucky together and stuff. So, but hell at Heathridge was a good time. Like I said, I did a lot of roles on that. I was an actor in it as well. Um, I played a librarian in the film. Um, Yeah, I mean, no one's really seen the film. (laughs) I mean, the people that were at the premiere saw it, and it got a limited release at Family Video. So the very few people that, like, rented it saw it. The trailer for it's online, um, and there's a full documentary about the making of the film, which was on the second disc. Um, It was, like, a two-disc set. So the documentary's online. There's tons of behind-the-scenes videos online. Um, That was one of the most fun summers of my entire life. I made a lot of good friends that summer. Um, It was a really good time working on that film. Um, It's one of those where a lot of people that worked on it did not like the final product. And I have not rewatched it in many, many years. Um, Maybe that would be a good video to do. Just revisit Hell at Heathridge. Maybe get... A couple people who worked on it to sit down, maybe do like a commentary track on it. Um, that'd be a fun thing to do. But yeah, Hell at Heathridge was a really, really good time. Um, and then after that, worked on a few horror shorts here and there um, through Kent State, stuff like that. Again, I don't really want to go too much in detail on a lot of these films um, because we'll be here all day and we'll save that for a later date, maybe. Um, and then after that, I directed Unlucky. It's not a horror film, but it has like some horror influences. Um, like with the cult members in it, if you've seen the trailer, um, obviously inspired by Coven <laughs> or Coven as people insist, but Coven sounds like oven, man. It just, it just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, unlucky was a good time. Again, it has like some horror elements in it. Um, and after that I worked on my friend Dahmer, which is not a horror film in essence, but it's pretty horrific at Um, some of the implications in it, and obviously horrific incidents that happened after that. So that was a horror film that I worked on. Um, I was a small part of some other horror films that were shot. Um, Like, I was an extra in Them That Follow, the film that just came out recently, but they actually did not use me in any shots, but I got paid to be there for a couple days. Um, And yeah, uh, there are a couple others, nothing really worth mentioning here. Um... Yeah, and then working on the House of Horror. Um, Again, this was a very fun thing to do. I don't know if I'm going to be doing it next year. It was a ton of work. Uh, Maybe if I start working on it more in advance, or maybe instead of doing it just in October, I just have the House of Horror and it's all year round um, and just do videos all year that are in the spooky genre. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really know what the future holds for this or this show. Uh, Who knows, YouTube could completely shut down tomorrow from a hacker or something. Like, I never really know. Um, I would like to work on another horror film. I have, like, a few ideas bouncing around in my head of some horror films. It's just finding the time and the budget to do it. Um, It's very difficult, especially now that I'm married and have to work, like, a real job and stuff. It gets, like, really hard to try to do your own personal projects. So I'm very thankful that I was able to do the House of Horror this year, 31 videos, is just absolutely insane. Um, I feel bad for my wife, who has essentially been a widow for the past month, because I've been locked 
in the house of horror making all these ridiculous videos for the past month. Um, I was working on them before that as well, but really this past month, that's all I've been doing is making these videos, and it's been a good time, but I'm very much looking forward to having a little bit of a break coming up, and tomorrow's Halloween, so I'm excited to sit outside and pass out candy and stuff. It'll be a fun time. And tonight, Midnight Miles and I are actually going to Horror Trivia. We went to Horror Trivia last week and kind of got our ass handed to us. Um, we got in fourth place. Like, I, I went in super cocky. I was like, me and Miles on the same team, we're going to fucking stomp everyone in this bitch. But we got in, like, fourth, and we missed maybe, like, three or four questions throughout the whole night. And three or four questions really takes you down because I think the person that got in first got a perfect score. And I think the person that got in second maybe missed one. But, yeah, we only missed a couple but missing those couple really took us down. It took us down to fourth place. So hopefully tonight we can do a little bit better. Apparently this trivia is a lot harder than the trivia we did last week because Miles went to it last year and he said it's really hard. He also said that like they have to do like, I don't want to say like dares, but yeah, like basically dares. Like basically you'll have to like fake your own death and stuff and just like stupid things to like get points and stuff. So it's supposed to be very hard, so me and Miles are headed out to that tonight. We invited Dynamite Jared, but I think he just landed in Japan. I mean, landed back from Japan. He is back in the States. He just landed back this morning, actually, so I don't think he's going to be coming. He's probably pretty jet-lagged, and I think he told me he works tomorrow at, like, 6 a.m., so 6 a.m. on Halloween shift is not a fun shift. Um, but yeah, so it's just gonna be me and Miles and maybe my wife or maybe a couple other friends or something. I don't really know. We're gonna see how it goes. Um, so that's where I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be at, uh, I think it's called the B-Side or something. I forget. Oh, the Side Quest. The Side Quest is the name of the bar that we're going to tonight. So if you're having to be listening to this, um, actually, I don't even know if this will come out. We might have already done the trivia. This might be coming out after the trivia is actually over. So, who knows? Um, I'll let you guys know on Twitter how we did. So, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Buddy Candela. Follow me on Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Let me know if you liked this episode. Let me know how I can improve my solo shows. Again, this was my first one ever. So, let me know how I can do better next time. Probably take some notes. I should probably have something written down on what I want to say again today. I didn't write anything down at all, except for when I just looked at the lists of the horror films that I watched in a particular year. But yeah, so that's about it. That's all I really have to say about this. We have one House of Horror video left for tomorrow, which I have not started yet, so I need to go shoot that, edit that, and put it up by tomorrow on top of working and doing horror trivia tonight. So I've got quite a bit of work to do the next day and a half or so and still have time for trick-or-treating but I really appreciate everyone for watching and listening and taking the time to check out my stuff over the past month it really means a lot to me um, again I don't really have too much to say and so yeah I'm just gonna wrap up this podcast and ride off into the sunset as Steve Austin would say so that's about it I will see you back here tomorrow for another episode of the House of Horror so take care and stay spooky.